This episode of the only podcast about movies was recorded a little differently. In song? No, I'm just kidding. We're actually still in quarantine, which means our guest is in LA, Shahir is still at his place, I'm at my place, etc., etc., and we had a bit of a technical issue with the beginning of one of our guest's audios on their end. It does snap back to more crystal clear sound around the 20-minute mark, so just please bear with us for the beginning, because the beginning is pretty fantastic. With all of that preamble out of the way, enjoy this awesome show. Everything is legal in New Jersey. My name is Matthew Kroll. And the feeling of freedom of seeing the light is Benjamin Franklin with a key and a kite. You see it, right? My name is Shahir Dowd. <laughs> and this is the only podcast about <laughs> movies. Specifically, now, the film Hamilton. Streaming uh, directly on Disney Plus and easily access for everybody. Into your brain. Which is why we felt we had to do it. Yes. And bring not one... But two special guests for this episode. Matt, could you introduce the person to your left? Yes, I can, even though it's to my right. Uh, oh, you know, <laughs> stage Skype left. is magic. Uh, with <laughs> us, uh, returning guests from the show as well, uh, my wonderful better half, Miss Jamie Walsh. Jamie. Hi. Welcome. Welcome back. Hey, it's nice to be here at your desk. <laughs> <laughs> And who else do we have, Shahir? We are thrilled to have returning guests. It's been a while since we've seen you. The last time we brought you on was for La La Land, so we felt it was appropriate to bring you back for another musical. Welcome back to the show, Tisha Harris. How are you? Hi! I'm so happy to see you and be here. Yes! Oh, thank you for coming back. Tessa, listen, I I know the last time, it was a while ago, it was like almost two and a half years or something like that, so much has changed. (laughs) The... I want to just first start this off with an apology, because if you remember the last time I opened the I had a a nice musical number and I had like a thing in the beginning and I just I I just didn't have the time to do it for this one. So uh, I apologize for that. Not only that, it's stiff competition in this case, right? Like if you wanted to, like, put up a song to go toe to toe with the Hamilton cast. I mean, of course, it would be that would be ridiculous, right? Yeah, that would have been ridiculous. Matt right? would have really had to work really hard. Okay, uh, so here, uh, can we just roll that clip real quick? <gasps> You've come back on the show from 200 episodes ago. You've come back, time has told. Your takes on musicals have not grown old. Moonlight won, La La Land lost. Gosling Stone and whitewashed jazz were tossed. But when stage comes to screen, we will need your theater expertise while we record in quarantine. Jonathan Groff, eat your heart out. Uh, right? You went toe-to-toe with the Hamilton cast, and I think you threw down. Tessa, welcome back. O-M-G. That was wild. <laughs> I have to tell you, from behind the scenes. <laughs> no, don't do it. At like 6.30, I was like, Matt, what are you doing? Have you done your notes for the show? And he was like, no, I got to do them right now. And like 40 minutes <laughs> later, I looked back, and he was just 
watching Jonathan Groff and scribbling like a madman on a piece of paper. And then the montage of production that ensued was... We were writing things down, and he was crumbling them up and throwing them. It was it was amazing. Right, uh, yeah, and I, I, was I, very I couldn't impressed. have done it without Jamie's uh, notes and patience. But so thank he, you, uh, Matthew. You are a man of many talents, and I didn't know about these. <laughs> Jamie, I hope you had a face shield to cover yourself from the uh, the increased spittle <laughs> or droplets that might have been coming your way. A la Jonathan Groff. Did you guys see <laughs> yes. how much drool was coming out of his mouth? Full spit take. For yeah. full, like, mixed with stage makeup. And he's trapped. You know he was like, it's filming. It's filming again. <laughs> hey, he's... He, I, I gotta I go big. I heard it wasn't even, like, a choice for the character. That's just how he... When he sings, that's how he does it. <laughs> oh, definitely. They filmed this with three different performances. Yes. So... That that means that every option included a full spit take on Jonathan Groff. You're like, we're just going with. It. I mean, does he do Frozen like this? Is this, is this actually how Kristoff? Is it Kristoff that he plays? In, I can't remember. It's how he does Mind Hunters too. <laughs> uh, Tessa, I, I I derailed your introduction. What have you been up to in in the 198 ish episodes since you've been here? Just a, a quick overview. A small little overview. Um, you know, chilling, smiling my face all over America. Yeah. Wait, can, <laughs> can we say why? I'll explain why I actually haven't been doing much else. Okay. Well, this episode drops close to July 15th, which is now officially tax day. And so while this episode is not sponsored by H&R Block, we do have, we are graced with the presence of the face of H&R Block. <laughs> yes! Oh. Yes! I have been smiling over our pandemic community of America <laughs> one one poster at a time. <laughs> you are everywhere right now, which uh, which is a great reminder to do your taxes, by the way. Yeah, yes. you just reminded me that I have to do that this week. So do them. I know, right? right? Thank you. You're doing your job. By the way, do you, do you, does H and R Block give you like a discount now that you're the face of H and R Block? Everyone asks that. Everyone asks. H and R Block takes good care of me. <laughs> good. I can't emphasize that enough. Good. They good. I, I would love for the IRS to try and audit you. <laughs> Oh, I'm terrified of that. <laughs> Not because I'm doing anything illegal, but like, it's just a terrifying concept. Tessa, I also, uh, I dug up an old bio of yours and I just wanted to read this out because I just love this line so much. Uh, Tessa Hirsch, she loves to sing. She likes kids, dogs, ice cream, rainbows, sparkles, hugs, and the darkness that lurks within. I just love that line That's so good. much. And also, this is something I didn't know about you, and I'd pro we probably didn't ask you about it last time, but I'm curious if you wanted to talk about it. You have a master's in somatic psychology? I do, yeah. What? Can you tell us? I was I did some Wikipediaing, but I think I want to hear it from the master. Yeah, so I have a master's. My undergrad was I focused on psychology and neuroscience, and I looked at the um, nervous system and the neuroscience of trauma and child development and um, looking at it from a body-oriented perspective. Um, so then I went and got my massage therapy degree and Reiki and energy work and different things like that and started teaching yoga, especially in like spaces with individuals who had ha experienced trauma, like juvenile hall, pregnant teen programs, um, a lot of different marginalized communities. And so it was very clear, both from my research that I had done in like academia in my undergrad, 
and also what I was observing in my the communities that I was doing body oriented healing work with that there was a deep connection between moving the body and working the body to access um, healing opportunities. So somatic psychology, somatic counseling psychology is when you include the body in the therapeutic relationship. So that means the felt sense most of the time. That means moving. That means engaging the body. It means sometimes engaging muscles. Sometimes it means regulating the nervous system and finding ways to do it. There's a lot of different types of techniques, um, but the larger umbrella of it is somatics. And and one of those techniques is dance, right? Absolutely. Right. Dance. And- Hands yeah. on healing. Oh, yeah, dance. Yeah, are you, you going to use? Are you oh, gonna no, I wasn't going to dance. That's what you mean. This That's- is the part where Shahir prepared a dance. This is, Shahir, do your dance you prepared. I prepared the dance. song. You prepared the oh, dance. It's, it's, it's all feet, so you can't see it. Oh. I'm sorry. It's, <laughs> <laughs> I majored in tap. Um, but <laughs> but the, the crossover between both your professional lives, you know, like as an actress and, uh, you know, uh, also invested in musical theater and as a somatic psychologist is a kind of interesting crossover, right? Like, like, yeah. How does, how does that come to play? They're very connected. So the things I've done in my life, I've been like a hands-on healer, massage therapist and energy person. I've been a doula. I've been a teacher for children. I've done mommy and me and sign language and singing classes, like where I like teach songs to kids and their moms do sign language. Yes, we know signs. And um, tell do storytelling. I've worked like run after school programs and taught in elementary schools, and then also done musical theater and comedy and improv and acting and on screen like television commercial world too. For me, they're all super intertwined because it's about like the experience of being alive. Like you get to like use your body, use your voice, use your connection and communication with another person for learning and you know, expanding the experience of being alive. Yeah, that's a long like resume of things, but it's all a very succinct wheelhouse. Yeah, it really like, is. Everything is very interconnected in what you just listed. That's very cool. I'm so glad you see that, yeah. And speaking of interconnected, Jamie. Oh, what are you going to say? <laughs> as well as being a fashion designer, you also have a background in musical theater, right? Oh, yes, a bit. Tess is probably ahead of me in that. <laughs> Um, but I, yeah, uh, I, I, uh, have a degree in, uh, costume design. And when I graduated, I worked for two, uh, two to three years, depending on, uh, if you count breaks between summer stocks, um, in musical theater, Whoa! which was super lovely and fun. Uh, and then I went to fashion school. Uh, I also r- like American history a lot because it pertains immediately to all the bullshit that we're waiting through now. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> So yeah, uh, was pretty excited to talk about Hamilton. I also re-listened last night to your La La Land episode. <laughs> I, actually, I think it was the first time, and it left me frothing at the mouth because I forgot how much I hated La La Land. But I totally, I mean, I Tessa, I have to say, you're completely right. It was miscast. Like, yes. I think a huge part of the problems could have been fixed by removing those two people yeah. and yeah. putting in people that didn't have the names but had the talent in the right places absolutely i mean 
I agree. I could go on for hours about it. But they can go back and listen to that old episode. Yeah, I'll email you. It's a good, it's a good episode. It's it one of my great. favorites. It'll definitely come up in this particular episode pertaining to uh, Hamilton, uh, which is something... Yeah, because uh, Ryan I Gosling like... was really miscast in this, too. <laughs> in Hamilton? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's only one role Ryan Gosling should play, and that's a silent driver, but we'll move on from that. Um... <laughs> oh, shit. I'm with you. Although he, w- I mean, he wasn't the real problem. It was Emma. Okay, you guys, we- we've got to talk. Yeah, 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 yeah. Matt, could you tell us what Hamilton is about now that we've all managed to see it and not had to pay a thousand dollars? Of course. Well, here's the interesting thing. I never thought I'd get to read uh, the Internet Movie Database's description of <laughs> Hamilton, but here we are. Uh, here it is. They say. The real life of one of America's foremost founding fathers and the first secretary of the treasury, Alexander Hamilton, captured live on Broadway from the Richard Rogers Theater with the original Broadway cast. That's correct. Yeah, accurate. Pretty good. Now, who in this room has seen Hamilton on Broadway? I have. Hey. So we got two. Just one? Jamie, you have, right? Yeah. Have you? Yeah. Yes, yeah. I have. And, okay, the economic question. How much did you pay to see it? All right, you don't have to answer that. None of you have to no, answer my that. My goodness, Shahir. No, we're really lucky. John, so John's seen it three times. He didn't what? pay for it once. He no. did not pay for it once. He saw it at the public. John, my husband, John Braylock of nope. another podcast. Another podcast. We won't talk about it. Does the subject matter is not relevant to your audience members whatsoever? Um, what, what, why won't we? We had Gerard on on last week. Yeah, it was on last week. By the way, Black <laughs> with Rachel. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm like in and out of boycotting them. Boycotting them. Oh, okay, okay. Just because representation, you need to have more women voices on there. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um. So, uh. He went and saw it at the public because a friend invited him. So that was the early that was the early run of it, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then he his friend Nick Walker, who eventually was who was in the cast and subbed for understudied for Burr and Washington, okay. um, and then eventually became the regular touring Burr. Mm-hmm. Um, who's amazing. Uh, Hamilton fans who are listening to this know who Nick Walker is. Is Nick Walker the guy who did the Pence speech? I think Leslie Odom Jr. did that. No, yeah. no I thought it wasn't Leslie Odom. I thought it was I, I thought it was someone else. Oh, I don't know. Lynn yeah. Lynn Miranda wrote it and then he read it. Oh, really? I think. Um Jamie's like, I think because I researched it and I'm looking at information. <laughs> I'm Googling thing? No. <laughs> <laughs> um and so Nick Walker got um, standing room only for John and I, John once. And then I was furious because I was like, OK, so now you've seen it twice and you've never done musical theater and you don't even know what musical theater is. And now you've seen it twice and you haven't <laughs> seen what's this going on. And then he finally brought me to it the third time. But I'll, I'll never let him let this down. He ref- he got a shared lift from the. Um, restaurant that we were at go to, no. so we were late. Oh, he didn't. He didn't fork out for like a oh, no. an individual, even though you had for, even though you had pro bono tickets. Free tickets, free <laughs> tickets, free tickets. We went to the we went to a restaurant. We had tickets to go to Hamilton. Finally, he did a shared lift, and then there was traffic, and then we had to get out. Then we had to go on the subway, and then we had to run into oh, the. Oh my theater. god! Late. Actually, 
I got to be honest with you. I love hearing that because part of like my fantasies of today are like being able to walk around New York City still safely. So I'm curious where you had to commute from to get to Hamilton. From Fort Greene, Brooklyn. Oh my God. Wow. And you got a shared lift. Jonathan, I'm I'm out. Exactly. I'm out. Right? That could have been that a lot be, worse. I, that's boycott material right there. <laughs> And what about you, Jamie? When did you see Hamilton? And, you know, uh, how much did you oh pay boy. for it? <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Um, uh, yeah, I wasn't so lucky as to get in for free. Uh, I When was it? I had just met, uh, met Matthew a little while ago. So I guess it was 2017, 18. When did, how long have I known you? Don't worry don't about it. Everything's fine. Um, uh, I have my mom to thank. Uh, she uh, lives in Portland, Maine, and went to a concert at uh, the Merrill Auditorium there, and Leslie Odom Jr. was uh, performing. And oh, yeah. she said he was mind-blowing. And uh, just he talked about Hamilton and uh, was an incredible performer, and she was, like, completely inspired. So she emailed that night and was like, listen, we just, we got to do it. So we, yeah. <laughs> Good we for planned, her. Uh, we planned a weekday trip. And uh, she drove up and um, yeah, it was, it was, the seats were pretty high up there that, you know, we weren't really, yeah. we weren't, we were in the nosebleeds, uh, but it was, yeah. it was uh, pretty excellent. Um, I had not, I had purposefully been kind of avoiding listening to the whole soundtrack. So there were still a lot of surprises in the show for me. Oh, wow. And like, I was starting it and I was like, yeah, I'd heard the opening number like a thousand times. Um, but I hadn't heard much of the sec of the first act. And I remember wow. hearing helpless and being like, <gasps> okay, well, yeah, this is very pretty. It's about some being in love, whatever. And then hearing satisfied, satisfied, which oh my God. I think you can maybe play those songs on top of each other and they'll sync up. Like I'm not entirely sure of they're so well written and, and, and entangled. I was like, oh my God, sh just shut up and take my money. What do I need to do? Like, this is incredible. Uh, uh, yeah, I had chills and, um, yeah, it was extraordinary. Uh, super, super happy. I saw it. Jamie, I'm interested in, in, um, in you, the fact that you didn't listen to most of, or some of the musical beforehand. Uh-oh. Hey, Tessa, you want to just step aside for a minute while these two have whatever it is they're well, going to no, have hold right on, now? Because, <laughs> what do you want, Matthew? No, but this is the thing. So I, I'll just go into mine because the first time, <laughs> I had almost literally no interaction or engagement with Hamilton. I knew I could not afford it, and I'd heard great things, but I just, I, uh, I knew I wasn't going to be able to see it. But I believe one day, Jamie, we were painting your bedroom. Totally, we were. And then you're like, oh, we should listen to the Hamilton soundtrack. Totally, I said that. And we listened to it, and and this is a me problem. I, I just assumed you'd listen to it 100 times at that point. That's why. That's what I was no, surprised well, this was at. after I'd gotten oh. a scene. So. Oh, okay, there we then, go. It all matches up. I was up. like, okay, I'll just loop this while I'm at work. Right. That makes sense. So I have to say, honestly, and this is a this is not a problem at all with Hamilton. This is a problem with how I ingest musicals. Mm -hmm. I cannot get engaged with the musical. I can like the songs and they can be catchy or have sort of an emotional resonance individually, but I can't have that like right. until I actually see it. So when I when we listen to it, I was just like, these are nice. And I remember you were not happy with my yeah. these are nice reactions. I, I was low-key furious that he was not more interested in Hamilton. <laughs> I would have been furious. Yeah. Um, I do that all the time where it's like, I'll just like look and be like, you don't, you don't. 
get it? Like, <laughs> yeah. They're saying about the compromise of 1790. How can you not care? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. That, that was my only interaction with Hamilton, honestly, before watching this version. But so, now, now he loves it. It's now pretty, that it's suddenly we'll accessible to, to everyone. We'll get to it. Uh, and then Shahir, what about you, buddy? You haven't seen it. You, your hand wasn't uh, up. I had not seen it. Uh, I, I remember I waited. Uh, I So first off, Full disclosure, I am not a fan of musical theater. And in that I have not been, I mean, I've seen some musical theater, but I've never, it's never, you know, been done it for me. You know, like I've, 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 I think I've seen maybe in New York, I've probably only seen like, you know, the Book of Mormon and uh, Avenue Q. Yeah. Very heartless uh, yeah. musical theater. Musical theater, theater that was more snarky and yeah. less playing on your heartstrings. Definitely the postmodern sort of like self reflexive you know, uh, approaches to musical theater. So I haven't, you know, like I haven't, uh, I haven't seen a live performance of Oklahoma or anything like that. You know, it's, it's just never been my, my jam. Uh, I'm not even a big fan of musicals to begin with. Um, my wife and a really good friend of ours actually secured tickets. To, uh, first off, I would go on the Hamilton lottery just because Hamilton obtained a mythical status in yes, New York city. You know, of course absolutely. there was that whole period around 2015, you know, maybe 2014 through 2018, where it was like the 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 sign of your success in New York was whether you could get Hamilton tickets. Truly, um, and uh, I would definitely go on the lottery just to be just to be like, I got to see what this thing is. And I, I remember a good friend of mine, uh, friend of the show, who's been on a few times, Annie Gillis, was just like, "Look, I know you don't like musical theater, but." this will change your mind about that. And so I was like definitely all in to try it. And so my wife and a good friend actually got tickets and like good tickets and they got them a year out, um, which is how long you had to, and they were like paid for tickets. Um, and it was around my wife's birthday and it was around father's day. And just then I got a gig in LA, uh, <gasps> that particular weekend. Oh. Um, and so the whole weekend I was in LA working on this show being like, Right now, I'm missing out on Father's Day, my wife's Whoa. birthday, and Hamilton tickets. Oh, um, so wow. I have I, I and and so maybe as a result of that, you know, I definitely had not listened to the music. I was like, I want to experience this thing as a show, but I don't. You know, obviously the pandemic happened, and you know that's not going to be a possibility. I was also kind of bummed that I didn't get to see the original cast doing it. Um, not that I'm the new cast uh, or you know the, the the revolving cast aren't any worse for that, but uh, but Lin Manuel know, Miranda is a you know a mythic hero at this point. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's that's my point is that I didn't know anything other than there was this great mythology around uh, around Hamilton. So I had to be honest with you. I was I was like, is this thing gonna live up to the hype for me? And I guess we'll talk about that in a second. Well, also, Shahir, wow. are, do you? I, we kind of did this before, but uh, y you aren't particularly a fan of movie musicals either, are you? No, not at all. Not a fan. Not a big fan. I'm like, I like the dark and depressing postmodern musicals like "Dancer in the Dark" by Lars von Trier, where it's a like, it's a, which is it's amazing. A, yeah, it's incredible, yeah. but it's like a reflection on what musicals are. You know, like it's it's sort of like commenting on that. Like I like that, uh, but when it comes to pure musicals, you know, like I you know I definitely grew up watching The Sound of Music, uh, but it's not something I revisit very often. It's not something you know I I don't. There's something about the narrative stoppage that happens because of musicals wow. that kind of doesn't wow. work for huh. me. Well, uh, wow. and look, I'm Indian, and I don't like Bollywood either. <laughs> Did you feel different about <laughs> Hamilton or like, I mean, Les Mis is kind of in a similar, they're kind of, is it operetta would be the right word of like, right. Yeah. The, narrative the lyrics through musical. are the narrative. Yeah. You're composing yeah. everything as part of song. 
Well, do you want me to go first on mm. on Hamilton? Oh, I think he should. What was your question, oh, though? You just, I, how did I feel that about it? ease it? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I guess Shahir goes first. I guess Shahir just hates Sorry, fun. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> I hear I hear a few categories that I feel like we should just establish now as we sure. continue through, which is that there is uh, someone who has seen Hamilton on Broadway, and there are people who have not seen Hamilton on Broadway. There mm-hmm. are also people who heard the music first and then went and experienced Hamilton. And mm-hmm. then there's also people who experienced the music for the first time at, at Hamilton, um, which I think are two different categories and two yeah. different experiences. Yeah. And then we also have another category of people who like musicals, and then we can break those down into the operetta and also the musical number kind of thing. So Just just so we can reference. I now that we've established that's some categories. And so listeners, all of your podcasts. I know, that I know. was the most organized thing And listeners at home, <laughs> listeners at home, like please make the perfect Venn diagram. Yeah, make the Venn diagrams and send them in to yeah. onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and and then we'll look at them next time we record. You won't be able to see them, everyone else, but we'll appreciate it. I love a visual. <laughs> okay, so I mean, I guess. Look, I mean, who who wants to to start? Or, or actually, you know what? I have I have some more questions for the group. Actually, before we get like really into this particular thing, um, how how do does everyone here with all of those uh bits and pieces of all those categories we fit into feel about the filming of theater in general cutting it together to make it be the type of experience or at least technically as Hamilton was that what we watched for instance like the I know that the fathom events do it with the met and like a couple other performances have obviously done this as well what's everyone's sort of take on that in general I have a strong feeling about it. Okay, let's <laughs> I so hear. I'll share, which is my uh, the uh, I feel like making arts accessible to people is the best thing in the entire world. And so, for there's so many human beings who getting to a theater and sitting down and um, actually watching a show is a really difficult thing. Side note, I used to do the all the autism-friendly performances of Broadway shows. I used to organize all of those. So I really got to see the experience of individuals who struggle to experience the theater experience, be and actually enjoy the theater experience. Like folks on the autistic spectrum who are huge fans of musicals and also the experience and requirements of the of like the social norms of theater are actually very difficult to um, meet for them. Right. So and there's so many different demographics that that meet that it's difficult to like meet the expectations of theater world. So I love when we can get bring people into the theater experience and the imagination of theater without them actually showing up in a theater. I just think that that's the best and a great example of that is the original Cats film Mm -hmm. on stage. It is so spectacular, and I I know that everybody in the whole wide world has been tainted by the most recent movie, but I need you to remove it from your brains, and I need you to go back and watch the BBC British broad like British performance in the theater that's filmed on a stage and watch that because that is spectacular and sad and sexy and thrilling. I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
Uh, we talked a little bit about that translation from because because Hamilton that we're talking about on Disney Plus is actually slightly different, obviously very different to uh, Tom Hooper's uh, Cats, which was an adaptation <laughs> Wait, how, of a though? theater performance. <laughs> uh, just how though? Um, whereas this meow, and and meow, this has meow, become. Meow. Uh, <laughs> a, a slight uh, discussion point about whether Hamilton on Disney Plus is is a film or not, um, because obviously the inception point here is it is a um, uh, uh, a recording of a theater performance. However, there are elements within that recording that suggest that there is more at play with the cinematic language than you would ordinarily yes. have in the in a in a direct one to one recording. Um, so I think that's that's an interesting conversation to have here as well in terms of how is this ex- for, for both of you who've seen Hamilton on Broadway how is this experience of seeing it at home on the screen different uh, to seeing it on Broadway um, uh, well as someone was in the nosebleed section it was this was better uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean and like the cor- like I felt like I had a much stronger appreciation for uh, not just the dance choreography, but the staging of choreography. I thought they were so careful to film it in a justified way that really amplified it. Um, I will say it did take me... Um, uh, Tessa, I don't know if there's a different word for it in, uh, in, in theater that you have done, but when I was in costuming, we, had, uh, we often talked about the 30-foot rule. And uh, we would talk about it in the form of like holding up a pair of pants that we just sewn and said, can you tell that the thread is orange and not brown? And then someone would say, yes. And then you would shake the pair of pants to intimidate a tap dancer. And then you would say, how about now? And no one could because everyone's seeing it from 30 feet away. So, you know, theater movement is different. Theater movement is uh, often larger to, you know, play to a farther away audience and depict things in a more performative fashion. I did have to kind of get used to that watching the first act in particular. Um, you know, at one point, Lin-Manuel put a, put a jacket on and I was like, whoa, big action jacket time. But it's because he is <laughs> performing for an audience and we're seeing it on a camera. I thought a lot. I don't know if you guys have watched Oh, Hello on uh, the, the <laughs> recording. I haven't that. seen it, but, but I'm have, sure I love oh, it. It's Great. Uh, Charmed, I'm sure. They have they have a, a, a joke where they kind of go through Broadway tropes, and one of them is uh, how to make a phone call. And they're like, step one, get a phone. Step two, do way too much business with the phone. <laughs> and I, I couldn't help but think about that in some of the blocking, but yeah. it's kind of something you just get used to as you get into the show. Um, and I think that that's probably the process for a lot of very complicated pieces. And I'm glad they didn't try to alter for camera um, yeah. because you get the performative sense of it through this. My question is now that we've seen this and it's clearly successful to make this so accessible and thank goodness they have, because that's a problem with Hamilton. Uh, mm. No, it's, it's it's a story about someone who came from nothing and had nothing and built himself up and it is inaccessible to 99% of the population. Well, Jamie, well, it's yeah. it's not actually a problem with Hamilton because Hamilton actually did a lot to try to make the show very super accessible to a lot of students and a lot of different things and they created a lot. It's a problem oh, with Broadway. I mm. sorry, I meant uh Alexander Hamilton as a historical figure. Oh, uh, but yes, oh, also. Oh, yeah. No, no I totally agree with what you said. Yeah. <laughs> Why yeah, not? Yeah, no, yeah. but, but 
But to Tessa's <laughs> point, Hamilton actually, uh, was it the ham to ham screenings or something yes. like that that they mm-hmm. would do and they did public free screenings? Yes. They screened it. Uh, oh, no, I mean, they would actually go and perform and do public screening, uh, public performances uh, yeah. that people could get in for, for uh, affordable. And the lottery was a big part of, uh, of Hamilton's accessibility as well, right? They were yeah. like really pushing that, yes, we know that the tickets are really expensive. We know that everyone is, is clamoring for tickets. Uh, but, you know, the lottery is still actually a good way to see the show. Even yeah. though I gotta admit, I was on that lottery for a while and I didn't get shit. <laughs> it's well, still that's why people it's a lottery near New York. You know, it was a little while before tours came out, and tours are expensive. Hey. It is tough. It's tough to see it. It's tough. Um, I won the green is. card lottery and I couldn't win the Hamilton lottery. <laughs> <laughs> okay. that's what are hilarious. the odds of you winning both? <laughs> it's oh it's they're gosh. slim. That's they're slim. They're um, slim. On that note, about Disney Plus. I find this pairing, so first I was like, oh, hmm, and I knew they had to edit like two or three F-bombs out, which whatever, doesn't really, I don't think, affect much. Uh, However, this is probably Disney Plus's weirdly edgiest show that they have. And it's their house of cards. It got it got me. Yeah, it's their house of cards. Wow. It's their house of cards. Wow. That's Disney hilarious. finally figured out what their house of cards was, I and it's Hamilton. Guess, but that but this is the interesting thing. I mean, this is less of a commentary on uh, musicals or, or or theater musical theater that's turned into a film or however we want to classify it. This is more of an interesting. I, I'm I'm constantly surprised and then never surprised at the same time at. What, like, if a company has a line, right, if they're like, oh, well, no, like, we don't do this or, like, whatever, but then the right amount of money comes along. (laughs) I know that this is nothing shocking, but I was just like, oh, well, oh, well, Disney will break its rules for Hamilton. (laughs) And, and, And it's just nice to see that, like, something that I've now, even after watching it, that I feel like, uh, it obviously has tremendous respect from, from, multiple avenues of the world can go to the mouse and be like, yeah, uh, you want this? We're only going to change an F-bomb. Cool? And then they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, it was just a nice feel. It it felt like a weird... And, and this is me personalizing corporations. It felt like a weird victory. And thank goodness they didn't not do that. You know, I, I was waiting for someone to say, okay, let's make a motion picture out of Hamilton right now. And this, mm. I, I, you know, again, going back to accessibility, like, I think it's more important that people see the staging of it before. I'm sure eventually it's going to get made into a major motion picture. But, like, I think that this is an it's Performance is, is a big part of Hamilton. And I think the stage is still a huge aspect yes. of that. And yes. if they'd made a movie, you know, like, with sets and live camera and or, I don't know. I'm using the it's wrong term. It's a totally but, yeah. different thing. Different art. Absolutely. And we're kind of going to, I think, we're going to kind of see well, that this a little is kind bit of the, too. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say with, um, uh, in the Heights, right? Like that's going to be the experiment on the other side of this. Yes. Yeah. That's, yeah. The, that's the musical music, yeah. movie musical, right? That's coming right. out. That's being delayed. But I think Hamilton is also experiencing, I mean, this particular performance is, got, is kind of arriving under the perfect circumstances. One is that uh, Cats is, uh, you know, still in our memories as to how not to do this. Our memories. <laughs> Good. Um, our memories? And secondly, COVID has meant that Broadway is essentially shut down. Co- Broadway was yes. one of the first things to shut down mm-hmm. and does not look like it's coming back till 2021 at the earliest. Earliest. So 
So the fact that the biggest show on Broadway is now accessible to the world in a way that actually, in you know, to get to get into the weeds of it, doesn't denigrate the experience yep. of going to see it on Broadway. Actually, in you know, to be honest with you, in my experience, in my opinion, I think I preferred what I saw on Disney Plus than I would have had I paid to go see it and been in the nosebleed somewhere. Um, so Hamilton, the motion, well the streaming experience arrives at this sort of perfect uh, 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 intersection of events, you know, not least of which is, of, of course, COVID and quarantine and people being at home. Uh, but also, you know, it, it's also a play that may, or a, a musical that may have been losing steam a little bit in terms of, you know, th- other things coming around. It's been around for since 2014, I believe. So 16. Over six years right. on Broadway. Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, so... I, you know, it's an, it's 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 the perfect time for Hamilton at home. Yeah, <laughs> I think I completely, completely agree. And it like we're we're all those of us who are theater goers are all craving and missing theater yeah. so much. So I started crying at the beginning of watching this because mm. it felt like the closest thing to being in a theater than I had been in a long time or feel like I will be in a long time. Yeah. Well, on on that note too, getting into getting into this particular piece of media that we've all uh, come here uh, to discuss, something I did want to bring up, and again, we will get to the show show, but the the way that this show was presented to us, and that is uh, with some very, I think, uh, ingenious editing techniques that they actually used here. A few different mm. a few different things to both help the theater like help you feel like you are in a theater uh with shot choices and pacing sometimes but then also uh specifically during i think satisfied the way that they cut around felt much more cinematic than yes. uh, than theater because then if you i got like that feeling you get when it, when a movie cuts around so you feel like you're in a character's mind as opposed to what else you're seeing so they 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 took the incredibly strong basis of this show and then they decided like oh, hold on one second we're not just going to do a three camera thing like when it is appropriate and we will not overstep our bounds we will do things to enhance certain experiences i don't know if anyone else yes. uh, saw that as well yeah, agreed. Yeah. There's also yeah. I think the choreography uh in some parts of the show lend themselves rapidly to a a, a more film oriented audience. Uh mm. I don't know if the tr- if the if the song is called Eye of the Hurricane, but there's a moment, you know, they really use a revolving stage very well and uh they use sort of a slow motion movement and and lighting changes to give uh, a sense of you know stillness and extreme action and i was like this is something that we would see in a movie and mm. humans are doing it with lights and motion and that's extraordinary and i think that hamilton is kind of primed for this allowance of viewership too yeah yeah, yeah, and I, I, you know, for me, the thing that is, I maybe the thing that I miss in in going to the theater, or, um, you know, that I approximate in my brain when I'm going to the theater or musical theater is the close up, and this gives us the close up in yes. the theater performance. You know, so um, it's both, you know, interesting that the the language of cinema is being used in 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 ways to to heighten the theatrical experience rather than to to, to entirely, you know, diminish it, which is what 
Cats does as an adaptation. Um, <laughs> yes. Or any any adaptation of theater is, you know, it, it introduces the language of, of cinema as opposed to the language of theater. It's a fascinating uh, train wreck just full of milk <laughs> bottles and catnip. Well, and hopefully oh, people will see it live now because uh, I've, I've talked about this before. Like, Cats has a lot to it and it's not a bad musical. And now everyone is, uh, pardon my <laughs> vulgarity, but shitting on Cats. Totally. Because of the movie. And that's because not the movie. fair. And they can't imagine, they can't imagine feel, going on an emotional, empathetic ride with cats because of what they did with the movie where no one could have any emotional <laughs> empathy for anyone there no. because it was so absurd. But the whole, you guys know the saying, I know we're not talking about cats. I know. Oh, we're all, cats. But- Tessa, Tessa, we're always talking about cats. That's our secret. That's our Bruce Banner line. We're always talking about cats. <laughs> But the, there's a phrase that like was popular in the 80s that was, I laugh, I cried. It was better than cats. And it was like a joke saying that you responded when people were like, how was the thing? And they go, I laugh, I cried. It was better than cats. Because that was what people said like a, in comparison to every other show that they ever saw. They would say, I laughed, I cried. It was better than cats. Because cats was everything. It was a whole emotional experience that everyone missed from this dumb, dumb trash movie <laughs> where no one even understood what a musical is and nobody, they didn't even know it was a dance movie. They didn't know it was a dance movie. I'm I feel like for the our generation cut, all saw it on you, tour so. when they were five. So we've all got that fucking t-shirt, but no yes. one remembers why we have the t-shirt. I yes. also find it, and I'm sorry I keep going back to editing things, but the uh, one of my biggest problems, weirdly, with Cats was editing and how, uh, Tess, I don't know if you noticed this, but like it just literally cut on the beat no matter what was happening yes. with anything and the shots kept going. Yes. And, and I thought of that this about that comparatively to a recording of a stage production of Hamilton that like used editing correctly. And I was like... Yes. Wow. Ooh, wow. Uh, Look at that. It's Look crazy. At spo- Look at that. It's yeah. crazy. Okay. How, Hamilton. How dare we spend this much time <laughs> not talking <laughs> about Hamilton? How dare we? How dare we? We got indeed. there. We got there. <laughs> All right. Who wants to go first? What was, I mean, what was the impression of, of Hamilton? Matt? That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I kid, I kid, I laughed, I cried, it was better than cats. Um, No, this is the dumbest thing I'm going to say is really fucking good. Like, it's, you know, I, I, uh, this was my first time, I've seen, um, I've seen many of the actors who are in this show in a ton of other things. And of course, Lin-Manuel Miranda uh, is such a a, a figurehead of, of theater at this point that like, uh, I, I've seen him out of context of the thing that he got famous for. So, yeah. so it was really lovely to to see him doing it. And then I, I after after watching it, I I, uh, I dove into like a lot of different interviews with this cast about like all the different things. And they did. I think it might have been on Vox. They did like a behind the scenes, like what do you remember from the stuff? And like that was very fun. Uh, oh, side note. Actually, this is the thing that humanized Lin-Manuel Miranda for me more than anything else, or or made me feel like I'm of the same uh, uh, DNA. humanity yeah. as, as yeah. he. So in his, he's obviously doing this interview from his house quarantined, right? And he uh, has behind him a closet door, and there's like a love seat in front of this closet door that the love seat would have to move in order for the, the closet door to open. 
that's my thing that I have in my apartment that everyone makes fun of me for, like that I have a love seat in front of a closet because I have limited space. And to see when manuel Miranda have the same bullshit, broken-ass feng shui thing that I have made me feel very warm and fuzzy. Not um, even Hamilton York, money is going to get rid of that love yeah. seat. Yeah, not like... even Hamilton money can save that. Uh, this, this show, um, it, it honestly, it blew my fucking mind. Uh, I, I, I cried three times. Um, yeah. And it's funny because it, I will say this, it took me five to 10 minutes to get over the hump of the style of the thing I was watching, but it did it in a, oftentimes like I'll, this is the way I ingest media. I'll notice the click point. Like I'll notice in my head where I'm like, and I'm in. Yeah. This didn't do that. I I it was such a smooth like roller coaster first uphill that I was just like from an from a weird sort of emotional resonance while watching a thing on a screen. Uh afterward, I was like that was the smoothest fucking cinematic ride I've had in a long time. Like that was like the most beautiful new age roller coaster. There was no shake, only uh, highs and lows. And it just, it hit me. It floored me. And, I, and it took me like, I watched it in the morning before I had to go to work, uh, which oh. was not a the best move because all I was thinking about was Hamilton for the rest of the day. Um, but yeah, I, I was blown away. And this cast, it's so funny because again, this is my only experience with this. I totally understand that theater, you know, the cast have to change and they rotate and everyone does their own. If they're if they're in that part, then they belong in that part. Uh, I just have such a hard time picturing anybody but like Chris Jackson as like George Washington or, you know, yeah. or, or, or uh, uh, Davy Diggs, uh, who blew. That was in, I He He's was so unreal. fucking good. <laughs> so um, good. I you don't understand. There's a lot of people in this musical that can get it, but. David Diggs, I actually believe that, like, I am supposed to give it to Diggs. <laughs> I believe I was born to give it to David Diggs. I think he's, Jonathan like, happily partnered. up his game right now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Jonathan would give it to yeah, David Diggs, too. Yeah, I was the room would. Um, uh, and, uh, honestly, uh, David Diggs, email us in, onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you know, we can set this up. Hit us up. <laughs> I think he's um, very happily partnered. I may have researched. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's my take. And I know my take is not different from 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 anybody else's. But I, I, the only reason I was sort of like, oh, maybe I had sort of an interesting take on this is the fact that it was my first experience. And I, I'd heard pieces of the music before, but noticeably before seeing it, the music itself didn't click with me. But again, I think that's a way that I interact with with uh, musical soundtracks, but yeah, yeah. Who who who's next? Who's next? Well, Shit, silence wanna, in the room. I want to circle towards a point that Shahir made. Uh, oh, never do uh, that. In, Don't in do just that. a second. But I, Matt, I I so agree with you. I was thinking while listening to the soundtrack today while I was running. Uh, it, it feels stuffed to the gills it feels so full and uh and abundant with information and and 
uh, content and, uh, you know, so much that you are completely full Thanksgiving style in listening to it. And yet I cannot think of a thing that you should ever take out of this musical. Like every single line to me is necessary and every single line... I don't know. I, 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 you, whatever, to me, the, my favorite musicals are the ones when you go back and listen and you have those moments of, oh my God, just new things that you've found and you haven't heard before or quite listened to before. I have those constantly with this show because you can just go through it like a tome, uh, which yes. is extraordinary. Uh, but I did want to, I want to talk about hype in, I guess, the specifics of Hamilton, but also, Hype, we hear more and more and more about because social media saturates us to everything and people talk really vividly and we get really voracious about things we like now um, uh, or dislike. And um, Mostly if it's Twitter, it's dislike. I I watched the recording with my roommate who had never gotten to see Hamilton and had never really heard the music. And we were talking a lot about this and how is, is it possible to have your own unique experience without a lot of mental work beforehand to not just Hamilton, but anything that you hear so much about before it kind of taints your own ability to read on it? Hmm. I think that's so interesting. I... Um, I really get that where you're like, oh, my God, I'm walking into this thing and I want to have the experience that everyone else has had. But like, isn't that the whole thing with art? Like when when you like when you get to have the experience of either seeing a painting or reading a poem or listening to a song or or going into a play, like the whole thing is that it's like this great the, the thing about art is it it's like this crazy universal thing where all of these different people and all of these different experiences in life can all go in and like have their get goosebumps and be brought to tears and like be like forever changed because they experience this piece of art. Um, And I think that's where we get hype, you know, like, Mm. yes, there's like other trite hype, but I think like, Hype is just people going, this touched me. Mm. Um, and and I think it's going to touch you, you know? Yeah. It's also, you know, what you don't say when you're about to go into a doctor's office. But um, I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Had to, um, okay. All right. <laughs> King of the Segway, Shahir Dowd. <laughs> Tessa said something meaningful and poignant. <laughs> Make it into a terrifying doctor joke. That's all right. What I do. It's what I do. <laughs> Look, but to the point about hype, like where the, I think the question here is, does this live up to it? And you know, oh, like yeah. I said, yeah, I'm a does. person who who waited for a year to get tickets and then missed out on seeing it. And I wasn't, to be honest with you, I wasn't like super, you know, uh, upset about that because I was like, well. I, you know, musical theater, not my thing. It might be the case that we just got these tickets and I would have been like, eh, you know, Hamilton, it's okay. But it's still people singing. Uh, I got to be honest with you. Uh, It's not often that I wonder what the experience is like to witness genius firsthand. But this was like, when I watched it, I was like, I think I'm witnessing genius firsthand here. Like, what Lin-Manuel Miranda has done with this 
is genius on every level. And I know he got the MacArthur Fellowship at some point. I was like, this is one of the few times, like, when I've heard of someone getting that, where I'm like, yeah, this guy's working on a different playing field than everybody else, as far as I can tell. And I'm, you know, like, I, I, I texted a few people afterwards, and I was like, look, is does musical theater get any better than this? Because I might be, I might be spoiled. Like I feel like I didn't climb the ladder. I jumped from things that I thought were okay to to probably one of the greatest things I've ever seen um, as a performance. And I was like, um, have I kind of ruined the opportunity to grow to love musical theater now? Because if nothing else lives up to this, I'm kind of in a in a trouble spot for my love of musical theater. Um, this was genius on so many levels, not least of which the the fundamentally, you know, there's this there's this common mythology around uh, American art forms, and they talk, you know, the the, the sort of famous quote is jazz is the original uh, American art form that you know America has given to the world, and and I think it's that a Ryan you know, like a lot of people say it's not the, the not not an accurate <laughs> quote, um, but but one of the things that you know. I don't ha- I haven't heard in the same context is that hip hop is one of the original art forms of America that America has gifted to the world and really gifted to the world in that you know a little brown kid from New Zealand who was like one of two brown kids in my school you know fell in love with hip hop and gave me a language for how to express myself as a kid um and and so the idea that this was um uh, a story about Alexander Hamilton one of the founding fathers of America told through the lens of hip hop um was kind was was just as a starting point genius now that that that's that is the 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 starting point the second point is it's lyrically phenomenal in every corner of this is like every single person in every style like you know i see a lot of a lot of eric b and rap kim in this i see a lot of notorious big in this all the way through to eminem yes and dovey diggs himself who's you know part of clipping and the way he he performs as well like Lyrically, this is probably one of the greatest hip-hop concept albums I would have ever heard just on its own terms. Then the third pillar of this, if we're going to talk about the pillars of hip-hop and the pillars of Hamilton in this, in this sense, is the casting. The, 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 the genius sort of subversive idea to yeah. cast minority actors who would ordinarily not be up for roles in the story of America's founding to be entirely anchored by people of color uh, in this particular, it, it, for this particular story is like the third pillar of genius. Then the fourth and final <laughs> pillar of genius here, we're building an entire Roman Empire, uh, is, the tetrarchy. is that this is emotionally resonant in every way. Like the story of, of both Hamilton, his flaws, Eliza, um, Angelica, uh, you know, Aaron Burr, everybody in this has an arc that is um, that is clearly thought through is complex in all the ways that we love good stories to be and is tragic in all the ways we love good stories to be uh, and beautiful in the way we love good stories to be. So this is like in, you know, and then finally, it it sort of goes without saying that the biggest, you know, one of the biggest shows on the planet should be well staged and well conceived, but it's brilliantly staged and brilliantly conceived. Um, so I, I'm not even talking about the cinematic qualities of this as, as being a smart interpretation. I'm just saying this is, uh, uh, you know, to, to borrow from a, 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 the title of a book, a heartbreaking work of staggering genius. Yes. Um, and it, is, it blew my mind on every level. 
I believe I believe uh, Tessa, you 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 are you are up for your for your first impressions of Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> it's so exciting to hear new eyes have this experience. Um, it really is like exciting. I literally I was watching it and I was like, this might be a really short podcast because what can you say? Like, right. it's just spectacular. Like, mm. it's just it feels you know it feels. Holy! It feels like this union of uh, imagination, creativity. It feels like this, like m- this magical experience of both Lin Manuel Miranda being the person that he is and ha- and what he has lived, being an obs- obsessed with musical theater and a musical theater, you know, genius, and then also being obsessed with hip hop and the art of hip hop and his insane, like. He's both he's so skilled in it, but he also like idolizes the skill mm. in it in this amazing way. And then he just happens along to read Chernoff's <laughs> Hamilton, which is a big ass thick book. Do you know what I mean? Like that like a busy man does not have to sit down and read. Yeah. And then he reads it, and because of the like barometer of being that he is, he just feels what is being told in this book, which I haven't read. So I don't know how like dynamic of a storyteller Ron Chernoff is, but it, but whatever happened for Lin-Manuel Miranda, he got ignited and, and was able to empathize with these characters and see the resiliency and see the story of it and feel himself in the story and see the immigrant story in it and see the, how it, how, the story of revolution mirrored the story of uh, like another like the like marginalized and oppressed it like community that developed hip hop that like and the and seed how they had to tell that was the only language to tell this story and how much that would ignite the world like that is holy mm. for all of those things to come together and act and actually happen mm. and fuse in like a perfect way. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Fused in a perfect way. Tessa, your point about his knowledge of hip hop. This morning I read uh, an interview by him where he literally said he read about his childhood on the island and how he uh, was, you know, uh, he wrote an article about uh, the hurricane that, uh, you know, destroyed essentially his community. And they, you know, raised money to get him off the island and go to school. And Lindman Miranda said, that's a hip hop narrative. Mm. Someone must have written this already. And he Googled yeah. Alexander Hamilton hip hop musical and was like, no one? <laughs> oh, all right. I guess I'll do it. <laughs> Amazing. Like he was so sure that it had already happened because he the bell rang so clear to him. The only other, uh, and this is barely hip hop, this is not hip hop, this is hip hop parody, but the thing we were talking about with a friend uh, the other day, the only, only time I've ever heard Hamilton uh, and or uh, Aaron Burr uh, in a in a song is a Lonely Island tune where they where they <laughs> literally say they call, they call me Aaron Burr for the way I'm dropping Hamiltons. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. <laughs> but sorry, that's a side note. But Foreshadowing. I, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, oh no, did I did I just spoil Hamilton? <laughs> but then I think you know, the interesting thing is is like you know, like you were saying, Tessa, it's all these disparate elements, and I think you were saying is Jamie, it's like there's so much crammed into this thing yeah. that you could imagine at the hands of anyone who hasn't got the ability to wield the machine 
of theater in the, or storytelling in the right way, this all falls apart, right? Like it just it just doesn't work. It's sh- none of these elements should work together. Um, and then you what uh, I don't know if any of you watched. You know, it's been going around uh, Twitter uh, for the last week is that performance that Lin Manuel Miranda did at the White House where he yeah. was like working mm-hmm. on the concept. Yes. And you know, like he comes in with that line is like, "What's his name?" Alexander Hamilton and everybody laughs because it's kind of absurd that this that this you know amazing like what sounds like a freestyle rap you know ends on the line Alexander Hamilton and and everyone's kind of laughing about it it's kind of the punchline but when he comes in and you're watching Hamilton it's like he turned he you know because the the point from from that White House performance to it actually being performed I think was six years between those yeah. two between those two performances and it's right. the exact same performance it's almost the same I, I know he kept writing but um, you know he does the same thing and the conviction that he has that this is the way to tell this story uh, is still there and all the more powerful like by the end of the you know like it's it's weird how I think the, you know, one of the things I respond to in musicals is, you know, we talked about is Dancer in the Dark. You know, it's like a meta commentary on musicals. And this is a meta commentary on musicals and the idea Absolutely. that it, it, it becomes this narrative about storytelling and it becomes this narrative about who gets to tell a story and what the telling of that story means. And by the end of this, when he says Alexander Hamilton, you realize that this is not just about Alexander Hamilton, the founding fathers and hip hop. It's also about Lin-Manuel Miranda, you know, having the conviction to tell this story and then gift it to Eliza. You know, like, mm. I think that's one of the most beautiful parts of this is, like, gift the idea of retelling, the, reframing Alexander Hamilton's story through Eliza. And I, I, I think, you know, it's just, it's, it's, there's, you know, last week we talked about Miss Juneteenth, the movie I really loved because mm-hmm. of its elegant simplicity. You know, like, it's a movie that has a really clear line about what it wants to do, and it tells it beautifully from start to finish. Hamilton, by contrast, if we're just comparing works of art, is a is a film where the name of the game is complexity. You know, like, mm-hmm. there's just layer upon layer upon layer of complexity. And it's a, you know, it's a potential house of cards, you know, uh, which could fall apart at any second. Not, it's, not the Netflix house of cards. It's, yeah, it's Netflix's <laughs> house. It's Disney Plus's it's Netflix's house of cards. <laughs> which did fall apart at any second. It did. Um, but... But this thing shouldn't work at all. But it's more inspiring because I, I think, you know, for me, uh, we, I, I talk a little bit about uh, the, the, the point at which an art form finds its, uh, its apex mountain. It's, 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 it's high watermark that everything has to work around from that point forward. And, you yes. know, in film, early on, it was Citizen Kane that kind of had that high watermark um, that everyone had to work around. Uh, I don't see how it's not Hamilton for anybody working in musical theater. And I think it's so powerful that it, it spills over into every other art form should look at the way Hamilton has done what it's done and think about their art forms in those terms. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I feel like Hamilton is the four minute mile. Like now that we've seen it done, it's yeah. like it I it I think that will I'm hoping that it'll it's forever our goal and then hopefully we'll even surpass it. Mm. But it is the new profound thing that nobody knew could be done has yeah. has uh for for the musical theater aficionados in the in the conversation right now have there been fa- like oftentimes in any medium film television video games books music theater etc uh there's imitators has there been any like really like people that are like oh it's like hamilton but like this and like as, does anyone know of any shows that have kind of like tried to ride the coattails like either 
either not learn the correct things or just try to ride the wave at all? No, because here's the thing. There's also another thing that that that's in the the who lives who dies who tells the story that I think is also I think absolutely implied and intentional in the lyrics but only being more revealed to me as I watch it today is that it's also about the fact that our history that we were told and taught was told through a white supremacist lens and um, and so, like, there is malleability to the story and who was there and who was representing it, like, and 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 the, all of that. And we, for me, right now, I've been in a process of learning so much more about our history and 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 the truth of it and how it was shaped and what I was the lies I was told yeah. and what was absent and the omissions that were there. So I think that that's a part of what was being told in that. And I think that this, like, so I think that. This show has actually importantly not like many other profound pieces of art that have come into our world that are that that focus their lens on people of color because it's still in a really um, white focused um, system it turns into this exceptionalism thing mm. instead of something that says, oh, now this is information. Here we go. Let's keep on always doing this. Mm. Like what should have happened in, on Broadway is that we saw that there should be race should not define mm. a uh, a show and that all races should be able to audition for every single part. It just should be able to happen. Mm. And it just profoundly hasn't. And there was a period of time where Hamilton and there were, there were so many like black and people of color led Broadway shows. I remember like walking down Broadway and just being like, man, like Broadway is really black right now. And like really mm -hmm. celebrating that, you know, color purple was happening. Lupita Nyong'o's show was happening. Like there was amazing things. Um, that tap show with Audrey, uh, Audrey, whatever her name is, um, who's amazing and talented and I'll regret forever that I haven't remembered her name. Um, um, like, but now, but then like, pretty much after that, like the people were like, cute, like pe people of color like things maybe aren't so hot or like that fad is not so necessary right now. And then it went back to a very white dominant um, shows kind of theme and I, I it's because the decision makers and the like the the, the money are yeah. so influenced by whiteness that instead of this being a permission and a breakthrough and a, a the, let the gates open it turned into this one exceptional show mm. um, which happens a lot with art that highlights people of color and is exceptional then it's not duplicated it's it's and and it doesn't open up a dam. People go, oh, that one special thing over there really was different. Hmm. So it's interesting super, that this yeah. has been uh, coined uh, a, a perfect uh, uh, example of Obama era art. Uh, maybe in the same way that you're talking about uh, the idea of exceptionalism as opposed to opening the floodgates. And I think some of the criticism of Hamilton that's happening now is that we live in a time that's you know post Obama through the Trump lens where we're starting to, you know, where people are starting to examine our history in sort of in interesting ways. And Hamilton itself, despite having the 
the kind of conversation around it that I think was important in 2016, 2014 when it came out in terms of being, um, I guess, you know, you would say uh, the sort of high watermark of liberal thinking um, yeah. is now going undergoing sort of a, um, a, a rethink in terms of should we at all celebrate Alexander Hamilton's life, you know, in through this lens, because because of the misinterpretation of historical accuracy. And and I think what's happened in that conversation is that is that we're starting to look at art um, not quite as rep, uh, not quite as interpretive, but as representative. So we're mm. starting to say, well, it's got to be. It's got to it's got to be all these things. So uh, the fact that Alexander Hamilton and the the Shula sisters were um, were slavers and you know were involved in slavery means that our interpretation of this as being a sort of uh, an anti-slavery kind of character is incorrect and not representative of where we are in the world. And so, but what's happening is I think what we're forgetting is as is, is the kind of thing that you mentioned earlier, Tessa, which is that this is an you know. The way in which Ron Chernowitz's story gets filtered is interpretive. So, for six years, you know, uh, Lin Manuel Miranda uh, takes every historical fact that he can from that book and reinterprets it through the lens of hip hop and through music and dance, and condenses all of it down into two, into a two and a half show. So, this conversation that's happening right now, and you can see it on Twitter, people are talking about the fact that Hamilton, you know, should we be celebrating Alexander Hamilton much in the same way? Should we be? Staring, you know, should we be taking down statues that represent uh, uh, a a sort of uh, oppressive history? Um, Kind of, in a way, misinterprets the idea that this is interpretive art as opposed to representative art, which I think Mm. a statue is closer to. A statue is closer to representative art, whereas Hamilton is a sort of really interesting example of interpretive art. And I think why Hamilton resonates so powerfully with me is that its interpretations reframe everything that we understand about history. So the casting of yes. of uh, people of color reframes our understanding of history, even though I don't think the the you know the story you know directly addresses Hamilton's um, you know uh, place placement among the the founding fathers as you know involved in slavery and what have you. So. I, I think that conversation that we're having right now um, is a really fascinating one in terms of how we read Hamilton. It doesn't take away from my idea, my thing of like this is fundamentally sure. a work of genius. The interesting something you just said here also made something click for me in the sense of like okay, so uh, you know comparing it is a very uh, sort of uh, not the, the things I've seen on Twitter the same thing like oh well the statues versus this or like whatever the like. Uh, uh, Straight up statues, get them the fuck out of here. That's that's a different whole nonsense thing. The thing about Hamilton and when when a piece of art can do various script flipping or or do whatever, I think what gets it for me and why I think it has far more value to it than than damage uh, that it can do is before this musical. I would argue, myself probably included in, in, in this statement, probably couldn't tell you much of anything about half of the characters in this, in this, in this, in this play, in this musical. Same. Right? Same. So what it's done is it's taken problematic people in our history 
that did bad, horrible things, most all of them, and reframed them in a way almost in, and, and, and it's and this only works because we don't have the reference point to who they are really in the c- cultural zeitgeist because now like yeah Lin-Manuel Miranda is Alexander Hamilton to me his version of Hamilton and yes is that is that historically accurate no but this sounds weird and it's wrong but it's right it's better <laughs> Like it's <laughs> yeah, like you know what I mean. Like it it doesn't matter that it's historically inaccurate. Because no one fucking knew. Because no one knew it. Was it, it was not. It was not <laughs> for all the fucking talk. Okay, now I'm getting more political than I am. But for all of the all of the talk <laughs> of the founding fathers and how we have to respect these men who literally pulled this country out of their ass with some very questionable ideas. Yes. Like, to, 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 to think about how we have to venerate these people who ha- would, if they were dropped in our timeline, would have no fucking yeah. clue how to do anything. I like to play it's a game I call Time Machine when I <laughs> watch musicals like this or when I see media that is uh, a little more of the current zeitgeist of where we're talking about uh, race in a different way. I think it's a bit potent right now since we're going through a bit of a re-education. Uh, yeah. Just just a little one. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can't... Uh, uh, the, the, to me, um, the, 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 particularly in the casting of this show and, and with the idea of revisionist history, I, there is so much revisionist history that we've already done. This isn't... Don't, don't. Uh, but, like, <laughs> there's... There's a there's a powerful argument to the fact that, you know, especially in pertains to the rep, in in pertinence to the revolution of America, the role of black people in that has been largely lost because yes. of where they stood in American society at the time. We don't really know. Uh, Hercules Mulligan, character in this show, he was a tailor. He was a spy. Pretty cool. He had a slave who worked in tandem with him. We don't know what happened to that guy. We don't know. He literally saved George Washington's life, and we have no idea. And that's a huge portion of people, I think, that we... we there's They don't get credit. They don't get any source of history. And if this is a whisper of justifying those people in casting this group as uh, a group of color... That's better. I mean, it gives some depth to the to the to the line to the yeah. to the lyrics. Who lives? Who dies? Who tells your story? Yeah, yeah. All yeah. well, I gotta say is uh, Steven Spielberg's West Side Story, which is coming out uh, later this year, has got a lot of uh, a lot of catching up to do at this point. <laughs> Steve, wait, wait, what? <laughs> Steven Spielberg. You don't know about Steven Spielberg's West Side Story? Yeah. So the interesting thing is Lin-Manuel Miranda had this interview where he was talking about the fact that, you know, had it not been for the fact that he had written Hamilton in The Heights, you know, he kind of talks about the fact that he would probably be trying to get cast as a as a backup performer in West Side Story, because that's the roles that he would have been up for. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, so <laughs> we do have a, a West Side Story coming up, not least of which uh, 
is a contra oh well you know like is is slowly being canceled because of the lead actor's uh recent uh indiscretions being put out to <gasps> put out on here i don't know about <laughs> that i spend way too much time on twitter i'm guessing yeah. <laughs> what happened who is this let's just say baby oh. driver now has two uh people uh in it that you may no longer who's the uh, other one? <laughs> oh no Oh god! You're not gonna... uh, look, look. I, I don't want to say the name because I because again, it's all Twitter hearsay. And, yes, you know, right, right, right. All that sort of stuff. But, uh, uh, but at any rate, I you know that's too I, bad because like Steven Spielberg did go out of his way to try to do uh, Puerto Rican casting and mm. went to Puerto Rico to do a lot of the casting. I don't know what the casting actually turned out to be, but there was some intentionality behind it. So that's yeah, too okay. bad. That... Regardless, uh, bring yeah. it up. But I think what I w- one thing um, when I was listening to people talk about Hamilton that I was always sort of like. I could just never kind of wrap my head around it. Everyone would just come out with the same reaction, which is, it's amazing. It's, you know, it's incredible. You got to go see it. And then like, you you know, uh, people would say the tickets are a thousand dollars, pay it, go see it. Just, just pay the money and go see it. You won't regret it. And I could, no one would ever explain why it was amazing. So I'd Mm. love to get into like some of the specifics uh, or specific moments that really capture what makes this incredible. And I think, you know, uh, Jamie, you mentioned this moment before, but like for me, you know, the first 40 minutes of the of the show, we're kind of like, oh, this is good. I like it. I like what's happening here. I think, you know, like it's 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 my my impression of it was this is very strong, you know, like which isn't to a glowing review, but it was like, oh, it's very, very good. Uh, but the the moment that um, we transitioned from helpless to satisfaction and, you know, the rewind and yep. then Renee Elise Goldsberry does oh. Angel, you know that that performance. Uh, so so so. This is the yeah. I yeah, <laughs> I was floor, you know, jaw on the floor, kind of like, wait, what is this show? You know, like, and and you know, because because there's so much happening in that scene, in in that in that particular number, not least of which is just this incre- It's anchored by this incredible performance, um, you know, like that's that's kind of mind blowing, yeah. but. But then it's reinterpreting the scene we'd just seen and realizing that there was this extra depth to everything that we had just seen um, and retelling the story through another perspective. And I and and that becomes like the central motif throughout the entire, you know, that that single thread kind of spins out throughout the entire show. show. Um, And. And then, like, I watched, so I, you know, I watched this thing twice uh, and I was like happy to watch it twice. Yeah. this this sort of um, a dialectic between wait for it versus I'm not going to throw away my shot. This idea that you know Aaron Burr has this idea of like smile more, uh, smile less. You know, don't reveal. Smile what you more, want. talk less. Yeah. Smile more, talk less. That's right. Um, yeah, smiling less isn't going to get you far in life. Um, <laughs> but uh, versus versus I'm not throwing away my shot, and I'm gonna. I I have. I think Burr, Burr says something along the lines of. Um, uh, uh, you know, Hamilton faces a relentless climb. He has something to prove. He has nothing to lose, and he's just unrelenting. You know, like he's he's writing like uh, like there's no tomorrow. You know, like like he's running out of time. Mm-hmm. And that idea between like being patient for what you think you are uh, are owed versus going after what you think is right um, is such a brilliant, you know, like summation of why this story you like. Hanging out the the sort of the hip hop side of it, the the performance side of it, the writing of it, but just this like beautiful dialectic between these two ideas, head to head, and really coming to an understanding of that's the different, you know, the, that's the narrative um, 
interest between Aaron Burr and Alexander Hamilton. That's why Ale- that's why Lin Manuel Miranda thinks Alexander Hamilton is a hero. You know, I have a question. I totally think I I'm so there with you. I have a question. Of, would, do you guys think that you're more of a Hamilton or more of a Burr? Huh. Like in life? Oh. Oh, oh, the sex no. in the city of I th- I th- I'm a Miranda. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I think I, I try to be a Hamilton, but I am, I definitely, I'm, I'm in the, I, I wouldn't say I'm full uh, unrelenting and, uh, you know, I, I think I, I think I'm, I waver in, I, I want to believe I'm a Hamilton. Oh, but yeah. I'm not entirely sure I am. And we can't be a yeah. Marquise de Lafayette. Specifically. Yeah. You could totally be a Lafayette. I That probably makes more sense for, for me. It's possible. Yeah. It's possible. Mm. What, Jamie, what do you think you are? Uh, well, specifically in terms of musical characters, because, uh, yes, yes, you know, they, yes. they have archetypes and specific meaning in this. Um I, I am unfortunately definitely a burr. I am so hesitant, <laughs> and I I don't take a lot of chances. And uh, I I'm not as like justified in my calculations of waiting, but I definitely am a. I don't know. It'd be cool to be a Hamilton. I think I <laughs> am a. I think I'm a bit. I think I stall myself a bit. That being said, only in the musical because Burr in real life, shady. <laughs> He was tried for treason after this uh, because he may or may not have tried to start a new country with himself as emperor by ceding part of the southern states and a little bit of Mexico. You know. Allegedly. Listen, it was a long weekend. Uh, every time Tisa, I read that where burr, do you I'm stand like, on what this? were you thinking? <laughs> yeah, he was shady. He's shady in the musical, too. Yeah. He's shady. He is, these, but I do think his, shady. there is such sympathy to him Lizzie in the Odom. musical. Oh and I think that the part is... Me, uh, when I saw it, I remember thinking that's the part that should be the most coveted because it's beautiful, it's so depthful, and, and wonderfully narrative, and and uh, it yeah. requires what? such energy and such emotion to play. I think, yes. it, I think it's overlooked because he's not the lead. But my God, what a part! Tessa, he's what about of, you? He's, yeah, I he's, think that I'm probably a Burr, unfortunately, and I want I'm working in this lifetime to become more of a Hamilton. See, I right again, you know, you obviously way better than I, we've you had two conversations <laughs> together. But the I would honestly peg you as a Hamilton. I mean, even if you thank you so much, even if you just go based <laughs> off of like the the journey you explained about your actual life in the beginning of this podcast and it's all of the true. things you. You've done seems like you're you're working like you're running out of time like you are you are doing all of these things i would i uh you know again Thank you. you make John the final said the call same of course thing. but matt you're my definitely a king george i i just gotta put that out there <laughs> thank you and you're you my loyal be subject i love i love i love um <laughs> Sorry, Jonathan Groff. I love so I uh, Tessa. I also work uh, uh, for my day job on a uh, uh, YouTube channel called Extra Credits, where I'm uh, the narrator and uh, showrunner of this like animated history type shows and a couple other things. But whenever oh, we fine. do stories about the monarchy, like mm-hmm. you only see Jonathan. Groff. Yeah, well, like it's yeah. funny because like <laughs> it's. I was doing that before I saw this show, but the the way that we deal with King George in a lot of different ways, it was so on point with this performance where I was like, well, well apparently we did something right. <laughs> That's so funny. I like, there are so many interpretations of King George where he is 
just that he's so cagey and we like uh i don't know if anyone else has watched the john adams hbo miniseries but john adams has to go and represent america and england and he has oh god i don't know the actor's name he plays like paul giamatti no, no, that's, no, that's, that's who John plays. Adams, yeah, we're talking about yeah. King George. You'd recognize yeah. him in a heartbeat. But it's the exact same thing. He's in this chair and he's got all, <laughs> he's bundled up to the neck and he's like completely stiff in the face and he's a little insane. And <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, it's, I don't know. I think it must have been what he was like because everyone kind of hits this singular note of him. And I'm like, well, I mean, he did eventually go legit insane. Yes, he but was I think always, he yeah. was always on the KG yeah. odd side. Yeah. Everybody's on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's really interesting thinking about what what are these different moments where you gasp at the show mm-hmm. and what like what like, where you cry. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like I think satisfied was that moment where you're like, where am I? What's happening? And it also, again, invites this whole like re-question history, re-question the stories you were told, like this whole thing, like we can retell them a different way. Um, I feel like um, Lafayette coming out mm. was a moment too, where you're just like, "Oh, what is happening? Like, we're at a concert. Like, I want to get up." Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, I mean, David Diggs, I gotta can say, get it. Yeah, can get it. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. So I'm right there with you. I, I have like... to say, I watched this with my roommate. Uh, Tessa, I have to tell you, we hit intermission and I paused to get up and I was she took her phone out and I was like, what are you Googling? And she was like, whether defeat takes a single. Yes, exactly. That's what I'm saying. This is what I am saying. And did you guys see blind spotting? I haven't movie? seen blind spotting, but I know it's the it's it's, it's a tragic non- movie that hasn't made him a movie star, but should have made him a movie yeah. star, right? Should have absolutely. He it should have been an award winning thing. It yeah. won a Spirit Award, but nothing else. And I just am furious about it. It was spectacular. He's also the lead in Snowpiercer in the Snowpiercer TV show yes. that's coming up oh, as well. Oh yeah. And I've been listening to Clipping for a little bit. His his hip his his band, uh, mm-hmm. and. Again, if you want to see him shirtless, you can look through a lot of his videos there. Oh wow, good um, to know. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> uh, but he's phenomenal. He's he's. But the the thing is, is that he's not the only one that's phenomenal in this. In a weird way, it, and I know this will sound like an insult, like like I'm being Lin Manuel Miranda as a performer. He's just got an odd cadence about him that that is like it's him. good, but yeah. it's re- it's sort of interesting. Whereas everybody else around him is a powerhouse. Uh, you know. Oh. Absolutely. So John saw this at the public before he understood the whole narrative of what this show was. So in his intermission, he turned to his friend. He was like, this is amazing. Wow. He's like, my one question is, why did they cast that guy? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's the genius, obviously. Yes, exactly. But. But yes. like everyone around him is magnificent. Yeah. It also you know helps I mean? sell that that Alexander Hamilton is the odd person out. Yeah. Like it, it really yeah. does yeah. help sell that it's that true. he is. He has this yeah. nerd dork yeah. side to him that fits. I will say it did I, knock me out a little bit when he stage cried, because <laughs> other actors in this tears were actually crying, pouring oh, down yeah. their pouring face, down. and he's and there's crying one point like tears. <laughs> he's doing way <laughs> too much with the telephone. <laughs> <laughs> way too much. Too but much I mean, in terms of crying, that uh, the um, unimaginable, the the track yeah. unimaginable. 
Oh my God. I was like, <laughs> I was listening to that with my headphones on. And of course we're all working from home. So my wife and my child were running around behind oh. me. And oh, I was literally in tears way. just listening to this track, trying to hide the fact that I'm crying at my desk. Well, <laughs> um, oh, Cause this wow. is, it's, oh, the, the, again, like. Renee, that's Renee. Yeah. Oh my God. The, she's so good. Shahir, allow um, me to ruin you further. Uh, <laughs> I read today, uh, the, uh, creative or the artistic director at the public when they were developing Hamilton, uh, his son passed away. His like teenage <gasps> son. No. And no. you know it was a horrible tragedy. And Lin Manuel Miranda, like the same day, sent him an unfinished MP3 Imagine. of Unimaginable, and yeah. said, "If this oh helps you, I hope it does. But if it doesn't, delete it. It's okay." And uh, what was his name? Oscar Eustace uh, said he listened to it like every day with his wife for months because it was oh my God. the one it, thing it that really it. like rang true and every line he said felt real to them. What? Yeah. I think you I kind cried of feel reading that, that today. Yeah. That blows me away. Yeah, Because yeah. the thing that's amazing there is all the the wind out of Hamilton is sucked. You know, like he becomes a husk of a human being after his son dies and that idea that he's just wandering around it's quiet uptown you know like this man who had been so relentless for wanting to pursue this idea of a new america he's humble was willing was kind of just willing to retreat uh at that moment and just you know uh maybe that would be enough you know like that idea no Uh, the um the acting that philippa Mm. is doing in that song she says nothing yeah and what we get to see she's a powerhouse in this like insane way that i don't really understand and i i just like have to believe that that's what she's like in real life because of the energy of like tender open-heartedness that she carries um is just is just exudes from her um without her having to do or say anything um but in that song specifically because we get to in this the filmed version we get to see her close up Mm. we get to really see what she's doing as she stands on this stage and is walking and imagining walking around uptown after this moment like what she did that's that's why even if you've seen this play again that's why you go and watch this on disney plus because Mm. to see what Philippa and Renee do in the intimate moments when they're not speaking mm. is so profound the way they're carrying this show emotionally. Yeah. You like, kind of get this oh sorry I Yeah, no, I'm I'm right with you. You you kind of get this impression like like maybe it's just a feeling that I have but like everyone loves being in this play and everyone oh, yeah. kind of is doing it knowing this is probably the best work they might ever do, right? Like I kind of, that, that's yeah. The, the, you you feel it's a heaven. I, yeah. I feel that watching it, you know, like this is the best anyone will ever be. Not you know, like not not for what, but this is just the the best piece of work that you can put in front of someone in front of an actor and give, and it's a gift for them to have to be able to do it time and time again. I, I read a little bit about um, the stage designer mm-hmm. David Corins, who. Mm-hmm. Um, 
he said that this was absolutely like his peak, a peak life experience for him and that the collaboration between costumer, choreographer, musicians, like uh, the script, like everybody just like worked so well and collaborated so well together in like this life peak experience that he's had. And he's worked on amazing shows and stuff like that. Spring Awakening and Dear Evan Hansen, like he's done a lot. But he spoke so much about like the collaboration and how everybody was just like on the same page in alignment, like collaborating and intertwining. And he is his stage is absolutely what part of why these actors are able to give what they give because of the how sparing it is mm-hmm. and the like how he really chose to make it a metaphor of like a ship and in construction as we're yeah. in this revolution and America is in construction and he really gave us that and then this genius of the turntables yeah, the turntable, yeah. which is like first of all turntables mm-hmm. DJ remix mm-hmm. rewind like oh are you kidding me and then the stages can actually rewind the circle and we're walking like what he did so, yes, so go, sorry, something I just now. noticed too. So we were talking about like the, and I guess we we will will we've been going, we've been gushing for about an hour and a half. So this will sort of be my last <laughs> thing that I say on that note about the turntable and on the note about sort of like movement in general in this show. A thing like this show nailed me with, of course, all of the big things that we've talked about are phenomenal, but all of the the like there's an infinite number of small things that really kind of blew me away, like that were like character choices. I mean, some for instance, I mean even some of the stuff that you brought up with um, the sisters, obviously sort of carrying the show when they're don't even not even speaking like those are small moments that you get to see when you get yes. to be up close the thing i noticed that i really sort of liked and it was a it was between burr and hamilton and it was not vocals or anything like that but hamilton tended to move flightily in sort of in circles i'm talking about the blocking like he moved mm. around or walked the circle of the turntable a lot and sort of it, he was he was much more like, I, I don't know how to put it, like uh, roundabout, for lack of a better term, in his movement. Burr mm. fucking beelined it everywhere. Straight line. He just yeah. walked. He That's... crossed the, the the turntable multiple times. He just went straight. And and that both of those movements were so true to the characters that I was just like, oh, so we're going to work on this small level of this small level of this small level too? Okay, show. You have my undivided love for for all time. So Ever. it was things like that that really sold it for me. I, that'll be my final thought. I mean, you don't need me to tell you that this thing is great. Um, uh, it's great. It's great. Thank you so much to everyone who put it on my TV screen. <laughs> I guess. Thank you, Bob Iger. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I guess. So. I guess. I guess he's in that everyone. Sentence we didn't think we'd be saying at the start of 2020. Thank you, Bob Iger. I think it's okay if you end it on a high note like it's a question. Thank you, Bob Iger. I guess. Yeah. Uh, Maybe I'll jump in and then then let you two have the final word here. I mean, I guess uh, the first first time I watched it, my thoughts were Alexander Hamilton, excellent writer, not so great dueler. Um, (laughs) Fun fact, he was constantly involved in duels because he had yeah. so many constant just, fights. So, so maybe he was great at them. That's so funny. <laughs> I don't well, know. I don't, he just gave the worst advice about dueling. I think <laughs> pistols were shitty. I think maybe that's what it was sometimes. Remember, duels didn't often end in death at that point. It was just like you got messed up. Um, but I think this um, this fires on all cylinders and excels in every single way. Um, and it's, you know... Uh, I feel ruined for having watched it in terms of like not 
being a musical theater person and then coming into this and having this be the thing that changes my mind because I'm worried from this point on everything will be somewhat of a disappointment. Um, and that's a weird play. That's a weird way to state it, but I think I can't emphasize not only is this a staggering work of musical theater, it's a staggering work of genius on every level in the parameters of what it takes to create great art. And yes. this is a work of great art. Um, no matter that, that I think could be recognized as a model moving forward for whatever medium you work in as an artist. And it's exciting. Like when you come across something like that, that is so staggeringly beyond the playing field of everything that we know and understand, it's, it's, it's invigorating and exciting in a way that challenges you to try and rise to the occasion. And that's what this is for me, which is that I, I like, I don't ever presume that I will hit these heights, but it's like, Man, these are the these are the 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 bridges that we should be trying to climb. It's not like just putting on our little, you know, little production. We should be aspiring to the the level of success and complexity that this attains. And I think the the thing maybe that I have never really experienced in musical theater is this idea of narrative and character complexity but every character in this play feels like a fully lived rich human being yes. whose life has meaning and it's messy and it doesn't always make sense and they make terrible choices and that doesn't lessen their impact as a human being that kind of informs the way we the, the reason we see them as 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 um as fully fledged human beings so i i think you know this is one of the greatest hip-hop albums i've ever heard this is one of the greatest stage plays i've ever seen this is one of the greatest musicals i've ever seen this is some of the best acting i've ever seen on stage uh, on a screen um it's the most miraculous writing i think i've ever seen um so i mean what can you say about it you know like um yeah <laughs> mind blown jaw floor there you go uh yeah who who wants second who wants last um i'll go second i guess because i i i feel a little silly because i only also have positive things to say <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> i i uh I became a theater person because of musical theater because it was, uh, I think, the first time I felt catharsis uh, was, you know, sitting in an audience watching a story played out this way. Uh, and as you get older, that can be harder to find. And as you work in industry or production of any kind, you you become a little detached to it. Uh, my heart left my body watching this show. Oh. And I can't wait to watch it again. Matt, I'm sorry. You're going to watch it again. <laughs> yeah, I'll watch it again. Tonight. Oh, uh, oh. It's oh. midnight. It's, <laughs> All right. It is so incredible. And yeah, you can't help but think of Lin-Manuel Miranda and how how he must have written this and all of the little <laughs> secrets that you discover as you're revisiting it. Um, it's it's so powerful and it makes everybody think a little more. I I, I think the discussion around its criticisms is uh, very valid and important to have, but I also think that it's one of the reasons we're having those discussions now. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Tessa, take us home. I I just think that it's the, the thing is that we already knew that 
that Hamilton was an important piece of art. But I think I'm really excited that it's on Disney Plus because I really see all these children and these families sitting on their living room floor, looking up and watching this musical. And I just think that what they did is offering so much to young aspiring artists, young aspiring politicians, young aspiring like academics and writers, young aspiring dancers, movers, creators. Like there's so much to there's so much that has been put into this show that you can look up and see yourself in so many different opportunities of this of watching this show. And I just think that it's the thing that Lynn did is that he didn't make sense yet in our society. He was an immigrant who liked musical theater and hip hop and he you're like and performing and he actually didn't make sense yet. And so he created he integrated himself by creating this show and that created this innovative, amazing, crazy thing that changed the world. And I feel like and talked about people who also changed the world. And I just feel like now we get all these kids who get to sit there and watch and see representation, which uh, like obviously like representation is important. But the thing that art can do is that you can create the world you want to see. And yes, I love all of the stories that talk about race and, and racial identity and all of these things and give us this education, but also just seeing people do this stuff. We didn't talk about the racial identity, just being able to be on stage and see lots of different people of different colors doing this show is so empowering and liberating. And it's just like, this is how we can be. Mm. I, I think... I just hope that everybody who's like made it through this long ass podcast, <laughs> which I'm loving every second of obviously is like here. Like, I just feel like everyone who's listening to this, like we are so lucky to be alive right now. <laughs> look around, look around. We're so lucky to be alive right now. There's all these kids looking up, watching this. This is a reality. Hamilton already exists. You like, we don't make sense. And this is like this whole opportunity to like integrate ourselves and make our world make more sense with whatever little art voice you have to create please keep doing the thing that you're doing and create because it can change the world there you go well this has been the only podcast about the now film hamilton tessa Is jonathan around just let him know that that's uh that that we said that and it's clear the right only podcast yeah. okay. in my heart you are the only oh, thank you. In this, in, in, in your heart, in the in the dimension of your heart, I appreciate that very much. Um, Tessa, thank you so much. First and foremost, for coming on and discussing things with us. Uh, it's such a treat. Where can folks find you when they're not just looking at posters of you all over the <laughs> damn place? Um, the I'm spending most of my social media time on. Um, Instagram at Tessandra, T-E-S-S-A-N-D-R-A. There's like lots of fun moments and hearing my life and all that. But also I've taken the opportunity right now to be also talking a lot about my specific racial identity and experiences in the world. And um, so if you want to li know a little bit more about me and different things like that, it's a really fun place for that I'm getting to interact with a lot of different people. And I also do some Q&As and different things like that. Um, and then um, and that's also where I announce the different things, the different sketches and films and comedy and podcasts that I'm doing I inform people on that 
platform most. Nice. But I'm also at WellITClaire at Twitter, if, but I check it very rarely. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, Jamie, also, thank you so much for coming on and chit-chatting with us. Thanks. It's nice to be at your desk. Yeah, hey, well, welcome <laughs> welcome back to the desk. Where can folks find you wh- when not at my desk? Uh, well, um, you can find me on Instagram at jimjam underscore Walsh. I am an illustrator, and sometimes I uh, do little doodles and cartoons and put them up. Uh, also, you can find me at Twitter at the same. I also am not a frequent user, but uh, sometimes sometimes it happens. Sometimes it does. <laughs> uh, Shahir, when you are not... Um, uh, not throwing away your shot. There we go. Where can folks find you? <laughs> Uh, you can find me uh, missing every layup on my website at <laughs> www.shahirdad.com. That's S-H-A-H-I-R-D-A-U-D.com. Matt, when you're not waiting for David Diggs, where can people find you? Uh, I'm literally doing that all the time over at my website, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-R-O-L.com for my life and works. Also, Skeletor, the number four, P-R-E-Z on Instagram or P-S-N or Emperor MSK on Twitter. Also, please check out the good works that we are doing over at Extra Credits. I think by the time this comes out, looking over here, we'll be wrapping up our Exploring the Pacific series, uh, where we talk about all the peoples and and the stories of thousands of years of how all of those islands uh, were uh, both the the people uh, who were originally there and then how Europeans, lo and behold, came and fucked it up. Um, and Don't then about the Indians. We were there, too. I know. I know. And then also... Um, <laughs> Please check out, we also just did, uh, in, in an attempt to try to raise money for the NAACP Legal Defense Fund, we, we've we done one of our history series that we're going to be doing more of on uh, the burning of Black Wall Street. So all of the proceeds for that video, if you watch it, won't cost you a thing. You can just, all the ad revenue goes to the NAACP Legal Defense Fund. Please check that out as well. Um, and and also, uh, email us in, onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com uh, for all of your questions. Hamilton, love, other Hamilton love. If you love Hamilton, that's probably a good place to send us an email but you to. have to you have to write it in a rhyme scheme and you have to voice it as well also so the just venn diagram that, that that tessa yeah. talked about in the beginning <laughs> i really want i want that as an image so please send us that. I, I think i i think jamie should actually draw that venn diagram for don't our make jamie writing. do it what else am i I'm doing gonna... i'll do it all right well there you go you're off the hook internet <laughs> yeah uh, baby. anyway back to cats <laughs> <laughs> It was, Hey, Hamilton is better than cats. I laughed, I, I cried. Laughed, I cried. It was better, than, was cats. better than cats. <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for having me. Bye.